What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Creature Feature, the show where we look for the animals lurking inside people and the humanity hidden in animals. I'm Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology at Harvard, and I pretend to be a bird on Twitter. Today on the show, the dead walk the earth. We'll be talking about some of the strangest circumstances surrounding death, forcing us to rethink the line between the living and the dead. Let's take a look at some truly bizarre funerary rituals in the human and animal world, and at the scientific evidence for real-life zombies. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, can you hypnotize a chicken? One of the most difficult aspects of being a living creature is that life inevitably ends. Some lifespans are incredibly short. After molting from their larval stage, female Dolania americana mayflies live for only five minutes, just long enough to mate and lay eggs before dying. And I'm sorry to say, but humans aren't even close to earning the title for longest lifespan, even among vertebrates. The Greenland shark of the Arctic and Atlantic Ocean have a lifespan of 300 to 500 years. Glass sea sponges, which are actually classified as animals even though they're less genial than the bob variety, can live for over 10,000 years. Impressive, but we're not done yet. Hydras are a genus of tiny aquatic animals that are only a few millimeters long, and they have the misfortune of being shaped like a wiener with tentacles. The saying, age before beauty, takes on a different meaning for hydras, because as far as scientists can tell, they don't age. They're biologically immortal, meaning they do not grow old and die, and they only perish because of predation or other environmental factors. The cells of hydras are able to infinitely self-renew, so theoretically, they could live forever. Researchers have not yet found out how to make a special sauce out of hydras for humans to drink and become immortal, so unfortunately we'll have to continue to cope with our temporary existence. 
It's ironic that the only animal that need not fear death lacks the brain capacity to fear, let alone comprehend dying. An understanding of death is considered to be one of the defining aspects that separates mankind from animals. We think we're uniquely burdened with an awareness of our own mortality, but while it's true we may have a superior understanding of death when compared to our animal cousins, are we actually alone in our ability to grieve? Some animal behavior seems to indicate we may not be as isolated in our grief as we thought. With me today to talk all about death is Cody Johnston, host of the show Some More News and the podcast Even More News. So Cody, yes. you ready to go on down to Imagination Station? Really, very much. Toot toot, next stop, our own our own brains, Here's our own imaginations. Here's my ticket to the brain show. <laughs> so imagine you have a kid, uh, child. All right. That's not the scary part yet. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Um, so you take you take her to a daycare center. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice family-run vi- business and you feel pretty safe leaving your child in their tender, loving care. Um, so one day, when you arrive to pick up your little girl, you stop to chat with the owner of the daycare about this and that. And uh, out of the corner of your eye, you notice your kid playing with a large baby doll. So the daycare center owner comments, Oh, isn't that sweet? Your daughter is being such a good little mommy to my sweet Timmy. So you're a bit confused, and you ask, oh, is, is that the doll's name, uh, uh, Timmy? And the owner looks at you quizzically and goes, no, Timmy's my dear departed son. God rest his soul. In horror, you rush over to your daughter, only to find that the quote-unquote doll is the preserved mummy of a dead baby. That doesn't sound safe. Or healthy. <laughs> Good. Well, bad news, Cody, because this is a reality for animals. That's very bad news. Yes. Uh, so it's. Do I call the cops in this scenario too? Uh, like, or like, is that illegal? It's not not, not illegal to do um, that. You know, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. I'm not a dead doctor, baby lawyer. Do- a dead baby lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> golden and golden, dead baby lawyers. Yeah. Got a dead baby, we got solutions. That's, like a lot no, of solutions. <laughs> so chimps will do this thing where chimp mothers, when their little babies pass away, they carry them around for long periods of time. So Sometimes for up to 68 days. That's a really long time. Yeah. So if you can imagine, at that point, the babies aren't looking so great. So it's it goes beyond just maybe, oh, they don't recognize that they're dead. They don't understand. They think it's sleeping. It's, yeah, after a few days, that would become very clear. Yeah, because they essentially become like this beef jerky. Like, yeah. Like a, like a corpse. Yes, like, yeah, like a, a they mummy. Get a little, they get a little corpsey. And so live baby chimps will cling to their mothers, but a dead baby can't do that. Mm. Unless uh, it died in the middle of hugging. hugging it, oh, right? God. Why would, would you? <laughs> I mean, I don't know the scenario. Oh, boy. Um, yes, if it died in the midst of hugging. Then it would be yeah. stuck there. Yeah, it'd yeah. be stuck there. But I, I think... Typically, that doesn't happen. Sure, sure. So they have to painstakingly carry it, keep it close to them 
flies and maggots and all just all nestled up in there. And juveniles will play with the dead babies. So, so these are young chimps. And often young, young chimps, young primates will play with other babies. Kind of, it's almost like they're learning how to become parents eventually. Yeah. But it's just so weird to see them playing with, you know, these this dead this mummy. Yes. Flinging it around. Yes, like, it is. Like a Stretch Armstrong doll. Is it the same kind of playing, or is it a different kind of playing if it's, it's a corpse? It's similar, but I think they can be a little rougher on it because they don't necessarily get chided for flopping it around and you can't like with a live baby there's going to be some resistance to roughhousing or like they'll make a noise or something right right yeah and what's interesting is not all chimps are on board with this uh dead baby playing uh that's good so there's some reasonable chimps (laughs) out there well there's this really interesting video where it's a chimp that's a mother to a live baby and a, a different chimp's baby had died, and the dead baby's mother kept the baby around. And so this other chimp's child, her baby, you know, the I don't know, like young. Her, yeah. The, <laughs> her, her kiddo her kitty, um, yeah. is playing with the dead baby and uh, gets a little too close to her, you know, kind of flings it in her direction. She does this double take at it and then, like, jumps up and kind of, has her hands you know that like little like hand wave you do like you yeah get it away from me it's so gross she does that kind of and it's really it's like she's like oh that's yeah like recoiling like a bug kind of like yeah Yeah. um that seems like a normal reaction yeah and uh if you think this is only found in animals that have hands you would be wrong cody (sighs) Yeah, why would I think that? Yeah, why would you d- I just assume? Dumb. I'm, I know, you I've been so dumb this whole time. <laughs> so, recently, an orca made the news for a tragic reason. <sighs> it's always tragic reasons. Yeah, yeah, I, I think this is one of the most depressing shows, and mm. I was just like, Cody's going to be perfect for it. Good, good, yeah. thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> um, so, for 17 days and over 1,000 miles, a grieving killer whale was observed pushing the dead body of her baby along as she swam. So the calf had died only minutes after it was born, and because the baby was so young, it didn't have any blubber. So it, it's basically it would sink like a rock without yeah. any help. So the bereaved mother would push it with its head up towards the surface. And it's not, this isn't a common behavior where, you know, all orcas will carry around their their dead but it has been documented at least once before and it's hard to constantly observe orcas so so this was the second time that this has been potentially yeah there could be other Obser- times. the time it's been observed yeah there could be other times but it seems like there's probably been other times yeah right yeah yeah a and thousand miles yeah it, it really it was an extreme example of taking care of a dead baby because it's like she can't naturally carry it so it must take a lot of effort to kind of continually sort of keep it afloat and I mean I was wondering about this like if it means the orca understands death and is grieving as a lot of people would assume or if she's trying to do this thing where like when a baby orca calf is born the mother and sometimes other members of the pod will try to kind of help push it mm-hmm. to the yeah. surface to take its first breath because it 
you know, it's a it's a mammal. It has to breathe. Right, right. But babies are pretty small and weak, so you help it a little bit. So I don't know if that's worse or better if she like didn't understand. Didn't know, right? Because like yeah, kept... even like elephants and cats and stuff. They're like there's a process after birth that's like right. all right, I'm gonna get you going. Yes. Yes. Uh, and just the idea that if it ha- did happen, if it died like a minute or two after yeah. it was born, then maybe she's like, "Oh, you're just you're just one of those whales that needs to be." Uh, <laughs> you're one carried. of those dumb babies, <laughs> right? <laughs> one of those stupid limp babies. Yeah, I think um, that is the sadder version, though. Yeah, because I almost wonder. I mean, in my opinion, and this is it's hard to know. I can't be in the brain of an orca, but. I feel like it's this must be this really uncanny area between total understanding and not understanding where she must sense something's wrong Mm -hmm. because she's had a I think this this orca has had a calf before. So she knows what the normal behavior is. So she's probably thinking, why isn't the baby breathing? Why isn't it swimming on its own? And maybe this is something where. She doesn't quite understand death, but it's just like such a strange thing where it's like this really uncomfortable sense of like something's wrong and I don't know what it is. And it, it, that seems almost more heartbreaking. It's absolutely because then you're, yeah, just pushing this along for literally a thousand yeah. miles thinking like, OK, well, eventually it'll get to uh, the point where yeah. my other calf got, yeah. which didn't require me to do this for so long. And I almost wonder if that's part like... That's not that different from human grieving because even if we have this metacognition where we understand death, there's must be part of us that doesn't really, you know, that that kind of can't really wrap our minds around it. And I think that's why we, we do a lot of things like kind of hold on to a, a dead body for mm-hmm. longer than, you know, you you have like an open casket funeral or you, you make these preparations. There's right, this sometimes kinda, it takes weeks. To, yeah. You know. Yeah, and uh, so, like, you know, the traditional Irish wake, you, you're not supposed to leave the body alone. There's all this caretaking where it's not to be left unattended until the time of the burial. Women wash the body and lay this deceased on a table or bed. And so all these things, as if the body would have some kind of awareness or sensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, which, keeping, keep, you're actively, like, keeping it comfortable. Like, yes, l- yeah. Like, Treating it like, oh well, you just need to be pushed to the surface to breathe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, or... yeah, like in a in a coffin, we have it. It's plush, you know. It's, right, it's, it's very, really comfortable. It's very if, comfortable. If you've ever tried one out, I have not, <laughs> but it looks comfortable. Casper Coffins hasn't sent me a free coffin yet. Oh, so. you're really hoping for that <laughs> <laughs> endorsement. Um, but yeah, as if the person is gonna be more or less comfortable. Right. When they're insensate, you know, they can't. Right, or like they'll wake up and be like, oh, right. at least I'm comfy here. Right, right. And so <laughs> there's just a couple of things about the Irish wake that are pretty funny. So clocks are stopped to prevent bad luck, but I think it's also to uh, stop people from like checking the clocks and being rude. Sure. Um, Is, are, wait, are they stopped at like the time of death? No, because no. that would be like symbolic, at least. No, <laughs> like, I think they're just stopped to be like, like, don't check the the clock. Okay, like, like, like put, put your put your phone in the put bowl. Put your phone down. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the the best one. The mirrors were covered or turned towards the wall, so the spirit of the deceased would not become trapped in the room. Mm. And classic, yeah. Classic I don't, ghost move. It's like they think ghosts are laser pointers or something. <laughs> where it's like, just like bonks into a mirror and like, whoop. All right, stuck. All right, you get stuck in a loop yeah. going back and forth. They have no 
an agency over that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I, I imagine nowadays they say, like, put your phone away. Yeah, Because then yeah. you can take, like, photos and yeah. selfies. And they'll, that'll trap the ghost in your phone. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have that. That's why the Snapchat thing is a ghost. <laughs> no, that's just a filter. You're just putting a filter on. <laughs> so, you know how that chimp was carrying around its dead baby until it turned into a sort of creepy mummy doll thing. oh you mean that thing that'll stick with me for the rest of my yes, life yes yes that's I do. been seared into your mm-hmm. memory until the day you die and then i'm carried around <laughs> uh yes i remember and the cycle <laughs> continues so it, it's really interesting because you have all of these funerary rituals that you you have the body around but i've never seen anything quite like this because in in indonesia the bodies of dead loved ones are carefully kept and tended to for weeks or even years. That's too long, though, you <laughs> see. Um, so they're not just kind of left out to, like, rot and decay. They're very carefully dressed and treated as if they're living people, like, to the point of where they're given dishes of food. They're washed, lovingly dressed. But... They don't need those <laughs> I don't think it's quite to the point of, like, weekend at Bernie's, like, pretending they're alive. Mm. Um, I mean, then I'd be fine with it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so this is interesting. Poor families can only afford to keep the body for a few weeks. But if you're wealthy, you can keep it around for years, presumably because then you can, like, use these sort of cleansing things to keep it from smelling and keep it from yeah, decaying the, in a gross way. You're rich, rich, if you're rich, you can do you can do anything like that. Right. <laughs> you can do it to yourself. You can do it to your, your dead you loved ones. You can be Walt Disney and freeze your head. Exactly. That's totally unconfirmed. Who knows? Disney don't sue me. Um, it's really interesting because it's not as if they're not a little bit upset by this they're they're not just like oh you know dead body but so they are like disturbed by like yeah it's not like they're totally unaffected by it obviously but one mourner says that our love for our ancestors is greater than our fear so it's Hmm. it's a really interesting thing where it's like they're sort of confronting death really head-on even if it's uncomfortable whereas i think in a lot of cultures even in the u.s there's sort of this thing of like you keep death kind of tucked away in a corner in a vault in your head so you don't have to really think about it it's sanitized yeah yeah you keep it nice and nice and tidy in a way yeah so but it's not over even once they've (laughs) kept the body around and it's been a few weeks or if you're lucky a few years um and then they entomb the bodies in in a family plot but every several years, they'll return to clean, care for the body, and even put new clothes on it. Hmm. Like, there's this picture of this guy. And at first, you're looking at it, and it's like, oh, it's some, some old guy with, like, a hat on and some sunglasses. And then you look a little closer, and it's definitely a dead person, hmm. just kind of propped up so in a family photo. So it is Weekend at Bernie's. It, you literally just oh, described it's Bernie. It's a little bit. It's Maybe. <laughs> I mean, wearing a hat and sunglasses. That is true. It's a, that he did rip off Bernie's fabulous style. Seems like it. It's interesting because Weekend at Bernie's is, I mean, it's part of this trend of like the idea of keeping a dead body around in pop culture. Like, you know, in Psycho. They, yeah, yeah. The dead, the dead mother. Is, he keeps her around. Yeah, and keeps she her around. Like, like talks to him. Yeah, I mean, like how could a movie like Weekend at Bernie's 
exist unless there's a deep fascination. Right. It's like a weird manifestation of something because we don't do that. Like the the weekend at Bernie. You pulling, don't. You oh. don't do that. But like America, <laughs> like. It's not even a touchstone of how Americans deal with death. Right, right. But it still manifests itself in two films. <laughs> at uh, least at two least films. two. But I, I guess three because we can have Bernie's two also. Oh, the, how did so? It, how did a sequel get made if nobody watched the first? Of a one? movie that like nobody connected to right. on an emotional level. Right. Uh, that not many people saw it. It's just like yeah. a movie that we all know exists and can reference. I like the idea of like a, a film studio being like, are you sure we've explored everything about Bernie? Like, is there more we could sort of unveil in the second, in the sequel that we didn't really get to unpack in right. the first one? Who is Bernie? Yeah, we didn't, we understand who Bernie is, but we didn't understand who he is. Yeah, why you know? is Bernie? Why is Bernie? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if they explored that in the second one. I, I have no idea what the second one is about. I assume it's they're just like, we got to go to a party. Let's dig up that corpse yeah. again and yeah, bring we, it to the party. How long is, like, what period of time is this happening over? Because I imagine Bernie's not looking so good. I mean, it's a weekend, right? Oh, that's true. You know, you can but hang out with right, the corpse for right two right days. The yeah, it's right there. <laughs> you know who it's about. You know how long it takes. Yeah, it's the time, the main subject and the place okay. also all yeah. in one that's a, some efficient title it is right an there. efficient title maybe that's why everyone knows it <laughs> uh sorry Cody. it's four if you count swiss army man with daniel oh, yeah. radcliffe and paul dano paul dano da- yeah paul dano, dano? yeah dano? Da- dano? dano by uh daniels yeah, yeah. directors daniels yeah and like it's daniel radcliffe is a uh corpse that a castaway befriends and the only thing I really know about the plot is that he farts a lot and turns that, into yeah. like a boat. He, yeah, it's a fart boat. That's, a all, fart that's boat. also all I know about that movie. Daniel Radcliffe, like his byline is uh, just fart boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was fart boat in my school's production of Swiss Army Man. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea that he's like a method actor and he's like, it's just like, I have to become a dead fart boat. <laughs> Like, you, yeah, you get in a tub of ice and just sort of eat beans? Yeah. It's actually five, though, because of that. There was that, uh, it was like, it's like Kate McKinnon and uh, I don't know whom else, but like a stripper dies mm. at their like, their like bachelorette party. Oh. And they like go up. They like go out on the town. Is with this their a male? Stripper. A male stripper. It's a male stripper. Okay, yeah. that's like flips nice it on its subverting. Head. Yeah. The, still, still dumping on sex workers. Oh yeah, still a dead at stripper. Least yeah. <laughs> at least it's a male. Um, no, I haven't seen that one. I haven't either. So, so they just like, So they just pretend he's like alive, or I'm gonna assume that that's what happens. Because otherwise, the story is that a stripper dies at their bachelorette party and they call oh, the police, that's so and then the movie's funny. over. <laughs> we'll just make a movie about that yeah yeah, yeah. they go to the police they yeah, explain the, the situation like, okay. they take the body and yeah. then they continue their bachelorette party signed a lot of forms maybe just called it a night though because that's that's stressful that's pretty heavy yeah, yeah. it's heavy stuff yeah just a movie about responsible adults yeah not having a great time yeah with, and then going to yeah. bed early <laughs> <laughs> so there's this thing where you can get ashes turned into diamonds <laughs> Uh, I don't know. That sounds unnecessary. Uh, or like, did it like just like gems or like? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not just like this big ashy diamond <laughs> where it's <laughs> just like 
<laughs> flaking just a, off just a the dusty tibet. rock you carry around yeah no it's like they i guess they compress it into like a, 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 a cubic zirconium mm. uh and like then you can wear it that's not the worst no it's it's i think it divorces it enough from like the dead person thing unlike um animal taxidermy where you get your pet stuffed it's yeah there's not a single one of those that really works like like i've never seen a taxidermy pet where i'm like yeah that looks that just looks like a dog no they're always disturbing yeah it's always the eyes are a little too far apart like Mm -hmm. the mouth doesn't look right like or just like dead eyes yeah like you can tell yeah with pets i mean at least with like dogs or something like there's personality and life in their eyes yeah yeah (laughs) and once you get rid of that it's yeah well you know a solution to that is put some sunglasses on your on your dead there dog. There it is. Yeah. Put wheels on its feet, sunglasses, mm-hmm. and just like roll down the street. Oh, yeah. Weekend at Week- Barkies. <laughs> Weekend at Barkies. I smell a squeak wool. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's inevitable that owners will mourn the loss of their dogs, but can dogs also feel the loss of a deceased human owner? There are many viral videos of dogs wailing at funerals, resting their heads on caskets, or waiting at grave sites. But even if this is really sad, it doesn't necessarily show an understanding of death. It does show distress, so maybe the dogs are picking up on the sadness of the human mourners or are drawn to the smells of their owner. There's a timeless example of a dog showing loyalty extending beyond death. It's the story of Hachiko. Hachiko was a dog who lived in Japan during the 1920s. His owner was a professor who would arrive home by train every day. Hachiko learned to travel to the train station in time to greet his returning owner. But the professor passed away suddenly, and Hachiko continued to walk to the train station right on time to greet the train that once carried his beloved owner. He continued this routine for nine years. Hachiko may not have understood death or that his owner could never return, but his behavior seemed to indicate a persistent, tenacious memory and perhaps a hope of being reunited. As much as we may want to go back in time to give Hachiko a hug, it's touching to note that some dogs are given the job of offering comfort to human mourners. There are grief therapy dogs who are trained to offer cuddles and affection to console those coping with loss. Studies have shown that dogs are able to detect when humans are crying and respond with nuzzles and licks. It's good to know that there's research to explain why my dog sticks her smelly tongue in my face whenever I'm watching a Pixar movie. Just so you don't get too depressed, Hachiko's story was published in a national newspaper. And in response, people provided him lots of hugs and treats and kisses and all that crap. We'll be back to be emo about more death facts after a few quick messages. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A People fake their own death for a variety of reasons. Insurance scams, evading the law, getting out of family obligations, and so on. As we'll discuss, animals fake their own death too, but it's typically to escape danger, to trick their predators into moving on or letting their vigilance slip just enough to allow the prey to spring back to life and escape. It seems like a rudimentary trick, but it's been saving animal lives for ages, and apparently humans as well. Recently, it was reported that exiled Russian journalist Arkady Babchenko was killed in his home in Kiev, Ukraine. He was found face down in a pool of blood, declared dead, and taken to the morgue. So it was a big surprise to his family and friends when he showed up alive and healthy on television the next day. The trick? His assassin really was asked to murder Babchenko, but instead of carrying out the plot, he went straight to the Ukrainian security service. They, along with Babchenko, decided to stage the journalist's death to trap the man who hired the assassin. This staged murder accomplished two things, saving the journalist's life and trapping the man who tried to kill him. It may seem like the sophistication and double purpose of this ruse would be unique to the intelligent planning of humans. But as we'll discuss, animals go to elaborate lengths to play dead not only to evade predation, but even for nefarious purposes. Uh, so, Cody, are yeah. you ready to take a stop at Imagination Station again? I'm more ready than I've ever been. Nice. So, imagine waking up in the hospital and you can't move. <sighs> Come on, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really want you to be there. Are you there, Cody? Get yeah. there. All right, all right. Go there. I'm, I'm there. Uh, good, right. good. Yeah. You're completely paralyzed, and you hear the doctors talking over you, saying things like, time of death and such a shame at such a young age. <laughs> you want to call out to them that you're still alive, but you're frozen. You feel yourself being placed in a plastic bag, and you're zipped up. Then you find yourself on a slab in the morgue. With horror, you watch helplessly as a mortician starts up a saw to cut open your chest. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm there. All right. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Did you ever watch uh, Dead Like Me, the show? No. So I, I didn't watch the whole thing because um, I started watching it. And so it's about this, this young woman who becomes a grim reaper. And uh, she dies. She gets a new body on Earth to be... A, to be a Grim Reaper mm. person. And she doesn't want to do it because she doesn't like killing people. Sure. But, like, she finds out that it's not that she's killing people. It's that she's, like, taking their souls out of their Or she's bodies. claiming them after they've right. died, yeah. And there's a scene where, like, she refuses to reap this guy. And he's, like, he wakes up in the morgue. And, like, it's just from his perspective going, like, no, 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 I'm, I'm alive, I'm alive. And, like, they're, like, like starting. Because, like, in the autopsy, they, like, cut you open and stuff. And it's just, like... Gave me so many nightmares. Yeah. It, it's the worst thing 
just like I'm so afraid of locked in syndrome. I'm afraid mm-hmm. of all that. Uh, yeah, any sort of like uh, paralysis and yeah. like being fine. So why would you do this to me? Well, because uh, this is a real thing. <laughs> cool. Um, Can't wait. It's called tonic immobility in animals, and it's both a lifesaver and a nightmarish curse, mm-hmm. uh, as are most th- most things in the animal kingdom. <laughs> so it's Mother Nature is a real, uh, real sarcastic bitch sometimes. <laughs> Um, so it's a hypnotic catatonic state induced by lying on the back or being startled. Um, it's found in a lot of animals, typically more like reptilianish animals. So like, oh thank goodness. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you won't We're empathize yeah. with them. So it's like barred <laughs> grass snakes, uh, Burmeister's leaf frog, specifically that one mm. got a call out. Um, the common swift and sharks. Um, sharks. Yeah. Huh. Sharks is a fish, not a reptile. Sure. <laughs> so you can induce catatonian sharks by rolling them over on their backs. And scientists do this to tag, check up on the shark's health. Um, but like orcas do it just to be evil. Orcas are kind <laughs> of assholes. assholes. They're real assholes. Like Shamu is just like, he's a yeah. huge dick. Probably has reasons for that. Right. Well, but, Shamu does. Yeah. But the rest of them have no Right. Excuse. No, that's just how they are. But in sharks, um, uh, great white sharks need to move to keep water flowing through its gills. So there's been stuff where it's like, oh, no, like the, the thing where sharks have to move to live is a myth or other people saying, no, it's true. It's a combination. Um, it's If it was on Snopes, it would be like mixed truth. But so then like, like I wouldn't want to read it because it's like you got to read the ha- <laughs> yeah. half truth part. You got to read the false part. Yeah, you got to read the conclusions. Uh, like, no time. Nuances. I just want true or false. Yeah. Nuance is dumb. It's yeah. for nerds. Um, so, uh, great white sharks need to move, uh, because they are obligate ram ventilators, mm-hmm. which sounds really cool. Uh, it's a good collection of syllables. Yeah, it is. It's, it sounds so fancy. So, like, makos and great white sharks are like that, um, but not all sharks. So, if these little sharks, <laughs> little great white sharks, <laughs> stay in tonic for two... These tiny know, little cuties. Cute, cute, cute little boopable noses. <laughs> So they, they can actually die because, like, they they can't move. They're paralyzed. So it's not a great thing for the shark. Um, but uh, it's uh, – so they're just, like, lying there. We're, like, where these jerk orcas are probably laughing at them. They're, like, can't move. My one weakness. <laughs> my w- I asked you specifically to not do this to me. Yeah. Like, my one thing is, like, not to be flipped over. <laughs> like, I can't work when you flip me over. I'm like a Roomba. Oh, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. Orcas don't give a fuck. Did you know you could hypnotize chickens? No. It's cool. You can. So um, you hold its head down on the ground. Not, not. That doesn't sound like hypnotizing. That sounds just like. <laughs> well, all right. I mean, it's a it's little. So like you hold mean. it down and you like push it into the dirt. <laughs> you right? shove it in the dirt and you call it a nerd. And it's, you give uh, it a swirly. <laughs> Yeah, you, 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 you hypnotize, yeah, hypnotize it. Hypnotize him. Hypnotize him. Yes, you hypnotize it. Um, and then you draw a line. I mean, it's gently yet firmly keep its head on the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then draw a line from its beak outward, like with a piece of chalk. Or like if it's in the dirt, you can draw it with like a the stick or your finger. But like there has to be like a physical line. On its beak? No, from, from its beak. Okay. Not on its beak, but yeah. like from its beak outward. 
And then like you do it kind of quickly and the, the chicken just stares at the line and you can let go of the chicken and it remains there oh, wow. staring at the line. I don't like that. <laughs> um, so easy to hack animals' brains. It is. It's weirdly easy. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, the uh, tonic immobility. And then there's um, a, a different type of this called thanatosis, which is specifically feigning death for the purpose of um, warding off predators right. that have got you. Yeah. So it's unclear whether tonic immobility is always advantageous, if it's always... Because like the idea of the chicken hypnotism is that they feel threatened. Um, right. By this ominous line right. <laughs> on the ground, like it's like it's like snake related or like who knows? What? Like maybe they see it, and to them it's something coming at them. Like they can't, like it looks like motion coming at them, like this line. The perspective of it, yeah, because their little dumb chicken brains mm. can't figure it out. Um, I don't know why it would be useful for sharks. It seems just like a little bit of an oversight. Yeah, that seems With, like a pain in the ass. That's yeah. not like. Uh, we should try to evolve past this I because think, it's not yeah. helping at all. Especially for the sharks that need to move to live. Right. <laughs> it's like, like, it's the one thing a, that they need. Yeah. It's a pretty big bug there, guys. Because even, like, yeah, um, most, you know, animals, like, all right, you're paralyzed a bit right. on your back, but, like, you can still breathe. Right. And over time, right. maybe you'll be fine. Right. But, like, like if, if the... you literally need to keep moving, right. that's right. very cruel. You dumb sharks. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stop being sharks, you dumbs. <laughs> you dumbs. Um, but like, uh, so, you know, playing possum is a real strategy and, yeah. and it's useful for like, like the predators, like, whoa, you've been dead a while. Yeah. I mean, so, humans do it. Like we all have yeah. sort of like reaction to it. There's this idea that fainting at the sight of blood could be like a strategy in combat where it's like, whoops, I'm dead now. Mm. Uh, leave me alone. Right, I'm dead. I, I now realize that yeah. uh, everyone around me is getting uh, bludgeoned to death. So I also like, will. Yeah. Like, uh oh, I'm dead. Right. <laughs> Please don't. Move, move along. Move along. Nothing Battle to see over. here. It's fine. <laughs> Fight done. I yeah. dead. Oh, you won. You beat me. Right. And it's interesting because, like, I think men suffer from the, um, it's called the vasovagal response um, as much, if not more, than women. So it kind of makes mm. sense from that. But, yeah. you know, it's with anything in evolutionary biology, it's hard to say whether that's really the case. It's just right. a theory. Um, so, like, possums don't just roll over on their backs. They actually like emit a foul odor from their anal gland mm. and a nice, nice butt juice that good, smells yeah. like death. Oh, yeah. That natural um, dead butt juice. Yeah. Uh, the parasympathetic nervous system does control things like butt juice mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> which it, it controls like your heart rate and, and other sort of like non-conscious uh, aspect of your body's functioning. So it's like uh, it makes the heart rate drop by half and respiration by a third and body temperature drops by half a degree Celsius, which is a lot. Yeah, that's significant. A lot. So it's like they're not just like, whoops, like rolling over like a dog playing dead. Right, it's like their bodies are like, yeah. no, you're pretending to be dead right yeah, now. Yeah, like stiff, we're dead. All on, we're all on board. All, yeah. yeah, my dad found, like, he found a possum in our backyard and we were pretty sure it was dead. Like, we knew about the possum playing dead but it like it smelled bad it was like rigor mortis we're yeah. like no this is certainly a dead possum like it it's we know they play possum but like so he like took a shovel and like dropped it in the canyon because we have a lot of coyotes and stuff and they take care of all sure. the stuff but then like as soon as he dropped it it like rolled back on its feet and just like strolled away and we i was mm. just like what yeah i didn't realize that's so cool yeah 
that like yeah they're literally like our bodies are playing dead right yeah now. So yeah it's not just like coyotes are so dumb that they're like oh it's on its back so right it's, it's not it's moving like, no it's all this all the systems are yeah like it smells dead um and then uh the hognose snake plays dead by rolling over letting its tongue hang out and again a foul odor is released mm. from its anus um and i i tried to find out if like because, you know, sometimes people, like, you know, they do a duty in their pants and they're scared. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything that would suggest that would that's, like, intentional. Right. But it could be. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Because also, mean, like, that sort of goes hand in hand with, like, sort of freezing. And, like, right. oh, I'm so terrified I can't move. And, right. like, I just shit myself. Right. Uh, like, the actual scientific reason is that I think that, like, your all of your resources are getting diverted to other things, like fight or flight. Right. Spooks make poops. Yeah, spooks <laughs> make poops. I believe poops. The, the term that they <laughs> That is, that's, a, it's like in the journal of poopology. <laughs> yeah. Spooks make poops. Yeah, chapter four. Chapter four. Hmm. Uh, what spooks make what poops? <laughs> <laughs> which spooks make which kind of poops, yeah. But it it is interesting that maybe, I mean, it could be just like an effect that, ha- like maybe with these animals at first, it was just like relieving themselves because all their body's stuff was going to something else. Right. But then it kind of evolved into this more sophisticated type of anal secretion. Right, because like, yeah, humans. The I mean, Prius of anal, right? anal secretion. <laughs> like, yeah, the next step. The next step in our evolution. Because <laughs> uh, we don't we don't need to do that. Right. Uh, we have a society. Right. Uh, and so we're not all like playing dead and shitting ourselves to protect <laughs> each other. We uh, might have to. We might have to. We'll see. We'll see how things go. I felt but, like doing that lately. Yeah. But like, yeah, if uh, possum, like, over many, 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 many millions of years, yeah. like that's a thing that they, they have developed. Perfected and, the anal secretions. Yeah, it's proven to be effective to and, an art. Right. Right. <laughs> so, Cody, mm. can I take you to the visualization nation? Yes, I love. <laughs> I love living there. Living there in, in imagination town. Just soaking it all up. Yep. Just living, living that so, dead life. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, you watch a lot of zombie movies. I'm familiar with zombie movies you have heard of i've seen several zombie films uh i am familiar with the the concept that it's dead people who roam the earth and cause all sorts of mischief yes i know what (laughs) zombies are so you've seen like the walking dead or yeah i've seen like a little bit of that yeah uh so there's this idea i have that i can't stop thinking about where what if like in 28 days later in the walking dead which when you think about it don't really make a whole lot of sense that you would just have this like zombie virus take over the world. Yeah, it requires a lot of uh right. magical thinking and Right. Um so like like how do zombies keep walking after their muscles and tendons rot away? Like mm. they're not producing ATP, Cody. How can they be <laughs> producing ATP if their cells are dead? Don't yell at me. I don't know. <laughs> um how do they digest human brains if they don't have guts? Mm-hmm. Mm. And why aren't they eating each other, Cody? Mm. Well, that's... I, again, I, I didn't make the rules. What Seems have you like done? Seems like you're mad at George Romero <laughs> or something. So I feel like, what if we're mistaken about what's going on in these movies and, and TV shows? Instead of this unrealistic, unfathom- unfathomable zombie virus that somehow wipes out all of humanity... It's a virus that only afflicts a few people, infects their brains, and causes them to become delusional. And so the 
quote unquote survivors are actually the only infected people and they're hallucinating that the world is full of decaying monsters because like you can't have like a decaying thing walking around but you can't like there is observable viruses that that can infect you and makes you become delusional or crazed like rabies and t gondii that can have an effect on the brain uh so i'm like really into this idea yeah yeah so like but then think of like shows like the walking dead and look at it like in that way like the that that's why all those SWAT teams. You know how like in especially in like video games like Left for Dead, you have all these SWAT teams and policemen or people in hazmat suits like coming at you, but they're all zombified. Mm-hmm. How does someone in a hazmat suit become a zombie? They right. they they wouldn't. It's because they're trying to protect themselves and they're approaching you. They're trying to quarantine the survive right. the quote the survivors. Quote survivors, and that's why there are police and SWAT teams. Like in full SWAT right, gear, right? Because like they would be able to you. shoot the zombies if they if right, they were right. really zombies, and you were in a SWAT team. Right, you would you be would fine. Kill those zombies. You'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why you and your like flannel and torn jeans are okay, quote right. unquote okay. Whereas a SWAT team is not okay. And yeah. It's... Wait, it's not because I'm a hero. I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big cowboy hero. You're you're a you're a cowboy hero. Thank you, thank you. You get you get one free one. Um, So like the survivors are just killing innocent regular people who are trying to go about their daily business. Yeah. Like probably like taking over prisons and like killing all the prisoners and then yeah. yeah. And it's why like why when you they break into a car all these zombies come running towards them. It's not that they're like angry at car alarms. It's because they're like, hey, don't steal that car. Right. They're I'm, being good citizens. I'm a I'm an alive police officer. Hey, you stop that. Yeah, put your hands up. So like remember, um I didn't actually watch a lot of The Walking Dead. I was pretty upset by uh some of the mature themes. Yeah. Well it's not a very good show. <laughs> um but like so there's this thing where Rick Grimes is in like he's Rick. in a park. Rick Grimes. Yeah, right. He's in a parking lot, and there's this little girl in like her pajamas. Oh, and yeah. remember that? It, and it was supposed to be this scene where it was like, oh, this show's so edgy; it goes places that other shows don't. And she's like roaming around, and she drops her teddy bear, and she picks it back up. And then he's like, hey, little girl, you you okay? And she turns towards him and like half her face is missing and it's super grody. Hmm. And he's like, uh-oh. And and he's he had like called out to her. So she's like wandering towards him. But she's just kind of like shambling towards him, like shuffling. And then he shoots her hmm. in the face. He killed a living girl. Right. Like So like if this is like just a virus that affects Rick Grimes and he's delusional and he sees this thing that is impossible. You can't a corpse can't walk around. It's just biologically impossible. Yeah. Then he he's like rabid and like this hey, little, little girl. girl. Yeah. And this friendly little girl is like, I just picked up my teddy bear. Hello, yeah. mister. <laughs> you know. Right. Because like in the in the. Uh, reality of the show uh, as they present it like a zombie is wandering around with right. its teddy bear drops it why picks would it up a and then like up... slowly shuffles yeah. towards the why human? would a zombie pick up a teddy bear like why would a zombie be like oops I dropped my teddy bear right. you know it's not gonna do that it's gonna like you know 
<laughs> ignore well, that. Yeah, don't some. I mean, don't some zombie films uh, say that like, oh, well, like a piece of a piece of the person is still left, That's... which doesn't make sense in that terms is of like bullshit, right? <laughs> that is actual bullshit um, because that's not what would happen to right. a deteriorating. Corpse. No, you can't listen, guys. ATP is adenotriphosphate, and it's the building blocks of life and mm. if your cells are dead it can't process that and you cannot create energy he sounds like you should write a letter to the show listen you <laughs> you don't understand actually an actually. episode all of them well actually <laughs> basic biology <laughs> it's true though well also your idea is way better I like, think so. If, thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. I like. I like that you said that to <laughs> oh, me. Oh, you get one. Uh, if I, I like, I would watch. I would start watching the show again if that was revealed, and then yeah. we like. Yeah, keep wouldn't going that, with that wouldn't that be an like I, I'm sort you know twists are out. They're passe now. Mm-hmm. You can't do twists. Yeah. Um, but I think that would be a legitimately you could cool do that. twist. Yeah. Yeah, I I can do it. Right. Well, I also like I'm I'm. <laughs> Really, like I think twists. Obviously, yeah, they're like they're old and tired. But if it's if you like dedicate like eight seasons, yeah, and then you fundamentally change your show and you keep going, you would make people so mad. It'd be great. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and and then the show is really interesting and good. Yeah. Um, anything that's like devoted to it. How lost should have ended? Uh, That they were all that they were. They were the monsters the the whole time. But yeah, I mean, I feel like that would be really interesting. Just like you think you have like this scientific, <laughs> scientific, mm-hmm. uh, scientific impossibility or improbability replaced by something that we actually have. You know, there's no there's no specific virus that makes you see dead people, but rabies can make you hydrophobic, so you don't want to drink water because it's bad for the virus. Right. To come into contact with water. So it makes you afraid of water. It makes you avoid water, which could help you. And it it makes you aggressive and kind of like turn on people. And it can make people like become delusional and and sort of psychotic, which is really scary. It's a really terrifying idea that a a virus can just kind of hijack your brain yeah and, and like control your fears yeah and make you actively reject a life-saving thing like water because it's not good for the virus it's crazy right, right. so yeah if they're like if he, contact with humans who don't have the virus is bad for the virus or something like that right. then like yeah you're going to fear anyone who's right. not uh in your delusion with you right right yeah like like somehow the virus doesn't want to be you know, it wants to go and, and reproduce. It, it doesn't want to be trapped by, SA, you know, the SWAT team, right. which is m- maybe why uh, rabies makes you aggressive because it, it allows the virus to be transmitted through biting and through saliva. So it's it's kind of like you've become aggressive because you've basically become a slave to the rabies, which is making you... Uh, right, and it wants to multiply and yeah. spread on its own terms. Right, and so like the zombrabies. Right. <laughs> uh, the could, technical term, the, right. the scientific term, zombrabies. Like it could make you become aggressive by making you see other people as like scary monsters. Right. And then, yeah, and then, uh, you know, whether it's like, okay, well, then you're going to gravitate towards uh, people who are already infected. And then if there's some sort of like way that 
it multiplies by just like being around other infected people and you sort right. of create like a right. community. Right. You're attract you're drawn to other people like how uh T Gandhii, which uh it's a virus that infects rat brains and makes mm. them unafraid or attracted to cats. Right. It like it completes its life cycle with other cats. So like right. your your zombies patent pending mm-hmm. <laughs> uh will make you drawn to other people with the virus and like Yeah. You know, yeah. You sort of yeah, create like Band a, a together. petri dish of uh, yeah. zombies. Yeah. Uh, to protect, protect each other. That's, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I do too. Movie execs DM me. Yeah. So, imagine that this virus is real, but instead of hallucinating that other people are zombies, you're hallucinating that you yourself are a zombie. I don't want to do that. Bad news, Cody, because it's a real thing. <laughs> Katie, you tricked me. I know. You got me so excited for this <laughs> idea. Um, so there is a psychological illness called Cotard delusion in which sufferers believe they are dead, have lost their soul, are missing internal organs, blood, or other body parts, or this is the weirdest one, that they just don't exist. At all? Yeah. Like they never existed? Like they're, they... That they just don't, yeah, it's not a logical thing. It's like they don't exist. They don't recognize their own existence. That's so, like I can't even imagine what that feeling is like. Because if you're having those thoughts, then you exist. Yeah, it's like this is covered by Descartes, you guys. (laughs) We already, we did this a long time ago. Um, It's called a nihilistic delusion uh, which comes with this feeling of self-negation. So the the common theme with all the iterations of the delusion is that you're dead, you don't exist, you're you're gone. There's part of you missing, uh, and it's comorbid, meaning it occurs with severe depression or psychosis often. Uh, so it's it's a i mean it's so it's so hard to wrap my head around like what it would feel like to be like no i'm 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 dead yeah is it like does it just sort of happen is it like a slow sort of deterioration and you sort of like s- start to notice things or just like suddenly it's like i'm dead well i i think it's not it's not quite like super sudden because i think it it you would have depression or psychosis right, kind of right. preceding it. Um, but it isn't like you think you're slowly becoming dead. It's like you, you do kind of have this onset of like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. Um, right. Like or like a sort of a realization like, oh, that's why. Like yeah. I've, I'm, I've been dead this whole time. Right, right. And yeah, that's because then you'd still be interacting with people. Like you'd still be able to talk right. to people. Yeah, and it, it's really interesting because, like, it doesn't matter if family members are trying to convince you that, no, no, you're alive. Like, they'll argue with Right. Well, I mean, I, I imagine that's also part of it. Like, yeah. the I know that, like, people, you know, if you're really entrenched in this idea and someone's, like, arguing against you and, like, no, 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 this. And they use that as proof that yeah. they're actually correct. I guess one way to think of how it would feel is, you, you know, deja vu um it's that feeling that like it's not just that oh i think maybe this has happened before it's this very specific feeling that everything that's currently happening in in all its specificity has happened before in exactly that same way right. which is very unlikely 
Um, so the idea is that it may be sort of this misfiring in your brain where you're sort of like recording a memory but also playing it at the same time. Mm. So you have this sense that all of these specific things are lining up but they've happened before, even though you can't point to a certain memory. Right. And even understanding that that is probably like a brain goof up. When I experience it, I'm like, no, 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 this, this is this time it's real. Like, right. There's no arguing with, yeah. Right. When you actually feel it, right. Your brain is telling you otherwise. Exactly. Where it's like, you know, I'm eating an apple and a bird flies by, and like, you know, my left arm kind of hurts. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, this exact thing has happened before. And, right. Which it probably hasn't. Probably not. Yeah. Because um, you would probably remember it. Yeah, you'd and remember. And that's the thing, like, whenever it's happened to me, I've been like, but I don't remember it. Right, right. I just feel like right. I remember it. Right, right, right. And so I, th- I think it's like, even if they're being given all this evidence that, no, you're not dead, their brain is so strongly telling them that they don't exist, that they are dead, that there's some of this, like, missing part of them. They can't help but feel that. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, I just don't know how that would feel because then, yeah, you're just like, well, no, I'm dead. I can't. I'm not. I'm listening to you and I hear what you're saying, I mean, but it, it doesn't change how I feel right now. Right. Isn't it? A, it's kind of an interesting, different version of what we were talking about earlier, where like if someone else dies, you can hold these two uh, conflicting ideas at once. One is that they're gone, they're dead, they're no longer here. The other is I want to take care of and protect them even though their body doesn't really contain them. Right. You know, you want to, you don't quite accept it. Right, you still have these feelings and these instincts to right. take care even though you know it's uh, not really right. doing anything for them. Right. And then, yeah, I have this this feeling that I'm dead even though intellectually I hear yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that makes all logical sense, but... Right, I'm but dead. you just you feel it so strongly that like you hold like rationality just kind of slips away from you. So I can imagine that if you have Cotard delusion, like you may have some kind of sense of like, well, now I wouldn't be dead and and still breathing and stuff. But then that kind of like slips away from you. Mm-hmm. And I think and like in some of these case studies, people will go to weird lengths to kind of justify it. Like one woman said that she could smell herself decaying. So she had the understanding that if she was really dead, there would be visible signs. Mm -hmm. But instead of that, um, you know, kind of destroying the delusion, she just invented things. Not, Not intentionally. This is not, she's not trying to justify it, but she's, her hallucinations are adapting to her reasoning ability. So right. so she's having this olfactory hallucination that she smells like she's rotting because maybe part of her brain is sort of saying like, no, no, would you really be, you'd, you'd be smelling bad. Right. Which I can totally kind of understand because I remember in high school there was this traumatic thing where we were um, uh, dissecting fetal pigs mm. and... It was pretty upsetting because cute animal, but yeah. also cute smart animal, cute smart animal, little little mud puppies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like, the smell of formaldehyde was so strong, and formaldehyde's not a good chemical for you. Mm. So like, it makes sense that you're kind of repulsed by it because right. it's, it's not not great. But I could smell it like. For days afterwards, like I, I would smell a piece of clothing and think I smelled it on that piece of clothing, and like, you know, my my mom would be like, "No, this doesn't. 
you're you know yeah. but like i had some kind of such a strong association with this like real kind of like traumatizing fetal pig dissection right. that like that smell became attached to that shirt and then i had this like sort of like mild like olfactory hallucination where i thought this shirt was permanently smelled of formaldehyde even though it it didn't right because it's so linked to memory that right. like you if like that sounds like a very strong memory for you right that was that has still stuck with you <laughs> um and yeah if you're uh have that sort of uh traumatic experience then your brain right. is sort of gonna like dip back into it even like when you're thinking about it you smell it because you yeah. ha- you are replaying that memory yeah. and it sort of uh, creates that again for you. Yeah, like you can you can kind of call upon your brain to create an odor even if you're not exactly smelling it. Mm. Like if you think about that smell of freshly baked cookies, you can kind of get this sort of phantom smell if that makes yeah. sense. Like you're, you're not literally, you know, inhaling and smelling it. But, but you're remembering what it smells yeah. like and then sort of creating right. uh, the sense to a a certain point right and it's the same thing with like you can hear someone's voice you can see someone you know so with hallucinations it's just that but create like created in its entirety like you you're actually smelling it yeah i mean that makes sense yeah, yeah well like during brain surgery often the patient will be conscious uh anesthetized you know mm. but mm, conscious sure. yeah. um so that they can let the the brain surgeon know everything's okay that you know they they haven't suddenly gone blind or something right. um oh, but <laughs> but like when they're when they're kind of poking around in the brain the the patient can experience things like smells mm-hmm. or like flashes of color cuz like you're you're sort of stimulating these the parts of the brain and it's just so interesting that you can you can like create a smell out of just like digital manipulation right. of brain tissue. So I can just like it, it's almost like you have this like mad scientist brain surgeon inside your head controlling what you think to the point where you're like, oh, man, I'm I'm a dead person and I can literally smell my body decaying. And that just sounds awful. It's real bad. It's pretty uh, bad. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's going to be like, that's the future of, you know, like VR and stuff. Oh, yeah. Where, like, you hook up to a thing and then... It, Pretend to be a dead person. Like that really fun <laughs> game that we all want to play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, you go to the... This game takes place at the beach. And yeah. so it uh, creates the sensation in your brain that right. you're smelling the ocean and you feel right. a breeze and you do smell it and you feel the breeze because that's Spell- what brain's Smelling doing. that, like, kelp stank. Yeah, that's exactly. really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, uh, that kelp stank that we all want to smell. <laughs> <laughs> play a video game <laughs> yeah exactly but uh yeah I, I just think it's so crazy that you would be in a situation where you can't escape your brain's own delusion to the point where you have some really like maladaptive behaviors like you're this one guy it breaks my heart he uh showed up to a graveyard because he was like oh you know i feel like more comfortable around here because you know these are also dead people uh, just like oh my god buddy not right your brain is making you visit graveyards yeah. now yeah and it's not like other delusions where it's like i'm i'm napoleon where it seems right. you know like not constantly horrifying yeah just because that just sounds like dread all the time yeah and despair all the time yeah yeah 
Yeah, like like if you've ever died in a dream or like you know, just it's so it's spooky. Yeah, it's like that prank. Have you seen this where it's like this? I think I was going to bring this up. Yeah, so it's the prank where you pull it on your younger brother or something <sighs> where you pretend they're invisible. Yeah, but you go to the. Like the one I saw, they had taken a photo. Right, you take a photo beforehand. Beforehand. So so you set it up. So like say your little brother is sitting on the bed and then you have your conspirator, uh, other douchebag sister, right. sitting next to him. And you pretend to take a f- picture. But beforehand, you had taken a picture of just the sister sitting on the bed with her arm like in the same yeah, position. Yeah, around it, yeah. Right. And then so like you you show the picture to the, to the little 10-year-old and... Although ten, you should be, you should be pretty, pretty, pretty onto it by ten. Yeah, but, but I, the ones I've seen have been like the entire family isn't on it. Oh, that's so mean. Uh, yeah, oh, um, no. and they're like they're all playing along and they all freak out oh, and like man. the kid like touches the mother and like she's like oh I just felt something oh, and like God. they they take it to the extreme. That's it so is horrifying. sociopathic. That it's is very so upsetting. Scary. Can you imagine like just. That because that's like inducing Kotar delusion in yeah. a child, <laughs> like you don't exist. That is, and the kids get like upset. so upset. Start, I saw one, the one I saw, the kid starts crying. Yeah, everyone I've seen, the kid starts crying because oh, it's man. like it's their whole family, like their mom and their dad is in on it, and they're yeah. all like, they're all like so upset that they're invisible. Yeah, it's uh, I hate them. <laughs> what happened to pranks like where you like put shaving cream on someone's hand and their mm. nose itches or something you know yeah or like you put like a rubber band around like the sprayer at the sink so you turn the what? you know like the, you pull the hose out and you can like spray your dishes or whatever uh-huh. so you put a rubber band around it so okay. when they turn the water on they expect it to come out of the faucet but because the, the rubber band is holding down the thing it, it sprays them a little bit oh it's not like a nice prank cool, cool prank bro <laughs> just, they get a little wet <laughs> But oh, it's no, better I, than like psychologically yeah. scarring your child I, with your entire family. Yeah, I'd rather get a little wet than have my existence negated by my closest family. Yeah, God, it's like don't do that, guys. Do that. Come on, there's got to be other fun things you can do. Yeah, well, you know, one of the the good old days when pranks were like, you go to like a neighborhood and you like shove someone down and they yeah. get mad and you're like it's just a prank bro oh yeah that, good old days yeah that reminds me where i certainly was the one doing the pushing and not not mm-hmm, the one mm-hmm. being pushed yeah sounds like you were a good prankster i was real good and popular yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you ever played the last of us It's a zombie survival horror video game, and it's one of my personal favorites because of a key detail. In the game, the zombification process occurs not through a virus, but due to a parasitic fungus that infects the brain of the host, causing aggression and behaviors that allow the fungus to thrive, and create spores to spread. This is one of the more realistic conjectures about how a zombie apocalypse might occur, and is in no small part due to where the game creators drew their inspiration from a real parasitic fungus called Ophiocordyceps, which is a scourge of ants who live in the forests of Thailand and Brazil. A foraging ant may encounter one of the many spores of the fungus. Once the spore has made its way inside the ant's body, it gets to work breaking down the little guy's exoskeleton, causing convulsions that drop the ant from its tree to the forest floor. The crazed, infected ant is then driven by the fungus to climb up a plant and grasp a leaf with its mandibles in a literal death grip. 
the ant perishes as the fungus grows out of the back of its head into a long stalk with a fruiting body at the end that will eventually release more spores. Ophiocordyceps is no joke. It has been responsible for the destruction of entire ant colonies. That's what makes The Last of Us extra creepy. In fact, the game developers named their zombie fungus Cordyceps after the ant-infecting variety. So the next time you scoff at the idea of a zombie apocalypse, those tiny little picnic crashers have been dealing with it for millennia. We'll be right back. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A.com. Guys, death sucks. It's truly the worst. So it's no wonder we all fantasize about immortality. Yeah, I know there's like lots of cautionary tales about being careful what you wish for, how living forever would be lonely and boring, but come on, this sounds like sour grapes. Obviously it would suck to be the only immortal person, but what if humanity didn't have to die? You may say like, oh, we'd run out of space. I'm sorry, but like once we have the technology to become immortal, don't you think we'd master pocket dimensions or at least colonize a few new planets? Not having to cope with death would be awesome, and I'm not going to be whimsically wise about how death is all part of life. It's not. It's the ending of life. It's like the literal opposite of being alive. With that said, I do want to talk about forms of immortality that would actually be terrifying. Sure, death is really bad, and it'd be great to avoid it, but there are certainly fates worse than death. And creepier still, this is not mere hypothetical conjecture at this point. As Cody and I will reveal, there are some real current scientific advancements that pose some truly unnerving philosophical and psychological questions. So, Cody, Hmm. if you die, would you want to freeze yourself? Like they say that Walt Disney did. <laughs> um, probably not. Mm. Uh, I would say it actually kind of might depend on where we're at. Right. Uh, a in the world and like how how we're all doing. Right. Um, as a species, but also where technology has has gotten. Right. To be clear, I'm not sure there's any evidence to suggest that Walt Disney froze his head. However. There's no evidence to suggest he did not freeze his head. That's why I believe it is a fact. Yes. 
Yes. It seems like something he'd do. Yeah. Although, His head is frozen in the Disney vault with all the DVDs. I feel like Elon Musk is going to do that. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I wouldn't think... I At first, I was going to say maybe Steve Jobs, but he was really like, you know, I'm only going to eat fruit kind of guy so i don't he's know pretty he spiritual be... yeah. uh despite his actions and like <laughs> uh, how he lived his life yeah. and like uh his company but uh he was like you know he did a lot of acid yeah. and stuff and was pretty like oh we're all connected in we're a way connected. but like i'm not gonna but some like, are more connected than right? others <laughs> some more connected than others. like maybe it has to do with like how much money they have yeah. and like uh yeah. but but like cool man i like the idea that like say this works like you can freeze yourself like future generations are just gonna think that past generations are full of douchebags because it's only gonna be rich douchebags and they're all gonna be like demandy pants and like you know give me a robot body and like right as soon as they wake up yeah like they won't just be happy with like being waking up they'll demand things right it's not it's not a it's not like a philip fry situation where you're like oh the future's amazing right like oh you're you you think that yeah you're on the level right right like that twilight zone where they like freeze themselves and then the they it's a bunch of crooks that steal gold bars and they're like well how do we escape the heat and it's like well we'll freeze ourselves and then (laughs) in the future they'll forget to stop to chase us yeah. they, they won't know who we are and it all kind of works you know there's some murder involved and then sure. like they they're like killing each other over this gold and stuff and then it turns out future people don't need gold don't eat it hmm. it's as common as not, yeah common as clay <laughs> it's actually a pretty rare element <laughs> well in the future times it won't be for reasons for reasons <laughs> Well, maybe, yeah, maybe they've mastered, like, fusion and fission right, and stuff, and they're right. just, like, creating Which, gold. even if you could, the energy required to make the gold <laughs> would be more than the gold is Okay, worth. all right. We all, all right. But by then, also, you assume that they've harnessed uh, solar power pretty effectively. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Those sort of things. Have been draining that sun. Yeah. That sun juice. I feel like <laughs> sun juice. From butt juice to sun juice. Um <laughs> Also, I, f- I feel like uh, instead of freezing at some point, it'll be closer. Like, I know one of the companies that Elon Musk is uh, heavily invested in, and, and I think it's his company, but, like, with, like, neural networks and, like, mm. be- and being able to sort of link your brain to mm-hmm. machines in manipulating machines. So, like, you yeah. can just use your brain waves to right. uh, to affect. Like, right. But I feel like, like it's leading towards, like, uh, oh, I just want to put my my brain that's dying into a yeah. robot and that yeah. lives on is as opposed to i want to freeze myself and hope that right we can, we can fix it later yeah yeah it's interesting i mean it's effectively just freezing your brain but in a different way right um, yeah we, do, we just don't understand quite what consciousness is i yet. do think it's funny because like the, these rich people that are freezing themselves like the budget way is to freeze your head i mean you still have to be really rich yeah and a little bit delusional but like right. You know, it's just like, nah, I'm not going to pay for my whole body. They'll yeah, figure it out. Yeah, chuck that away. <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know, like, waking up after being frozen for so long doesn't seem like a good time. I know, like, the Futurama funness of, like, you wake up, you have a fun, fun friends and a yeah. crab man. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and and you only go on adventures and yeah. learn lessons. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, I mean... So you know that movie like Encino Man where Brendan Fraser? I do know Encino Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where he wakes up and he's like a sexy idiot caveman. Right. Um, Right, because that's not like, 
us now freezing ourselves. That's like a caveman accidentally froze. Right, right, up, right. It's like, oh, malls. Yeah, and he like, I, I forgot how that movie, I watched it a long time ago. But like, they're like, we're going to civilize you. And they dress him up as like a 90s yeah. teen and like take him to malls. And like all the girls think he's hot. And he has these like very neat and nice dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. Um, but like, uh, I mean, like, I feel like that would be the best case scenario is you wake up, everyone's way smarter than you and they view you as like this oddity, but hopefully you'll be like found by some rascally teenagers. Right. <laughs> so wood frogs actually do this pretty well. They go through a process of freezing themselves completely. Like they're rock mm. solid frozen. They're not just like, oh, I'm cold. Yeah. You could smash them with a hammer and they would shatter oh, into geez. a million frog pieces. Like even inside, like their insides are Well, frozen, it's a or? little more complicated, but I mean, yes, their insides are frozen, but on the cellular level, uh, they're kept hydrated. So their cells are not completely frozen. Everything else is, but it's like, um, it's frozen, but there's like sort of like this... Uh, antifreeze kind of thing in their cells that keeps them mm-hmm. from because uh, the one of the problems with freezing is that the little ice crystals burst cells and destroys yeah. the cells um, or like they become desiccated yeah, expansion and, yeah. yeah so um, what they do is as winter comes on and the frogs are like well I can't go anywhere I'm a frog mm. um, so they like the <laughs> so they start to freeze and then rethaw like over and over again until the glucose levels in their cells rise to an abnormal degree um, so then when they do go into the real freeze uh, they can remain frozen for months at temperatures as low as zero degrees Fahrenheit which is pretty cold it's pretty cold um, and the high levels of glucose that they had started building up from the thawing, refreezing, thawing, refreezing process protects their cells. Uh, it keeps the water inside the cells and it, it keeps the cells from bursting. And so they are sort of alive and in suspended animation. And it's funny because, like, I saw a video of one of these frogs, like, someone pushed it. I hope it wasn't the documentary makers because that'd be mean. But hopefully another animal just pushed it and, like, tumbled down. It was just, like, frozen solid. It looked like a fake, like a frog statue. Like a figurine, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in Austin Powers, how, like, after being frozen for so long, like, the first thing he does is, like, pee a lot. Yeah. Uh, That's what the frogs do. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. They pee out all of the excess glucose and then... Hop off to the nearest lake to go shag some some other frogs. Nice. They, I mean, they, that's, yeah. It's like pee, sex. Yeah. Immediately. I mean, it's been long enough. Yeah. Gotta... Like I've been frozen for months. <laughs> Firstly, I just really need to pee. Then I'm going to get some. So then this happens every year? Like they just go through the cycle of like, all right, it's time again to freeze. Yeah, every, and... every winter. Yeah. I don't know how long these frogs live, but probably a couple winters. Yeah. They've seen so re- two winters. <laughs> but it's like a repeatable sort yes. of uh, action. It's not like uh, you froze yourself once, no more. Yeah, I think so. It's like the process they go through is just like they're not damaging their little bodies that much. Yeah. There are other ways to keep yourself in suspended animation. So one of my favorite animals are the little water bears. Oh, um, yeah. 
uh, little tardigrades. Love those guys. And they're also called moss pig- piglets. I like that name. Moss piglets? Mm-hmm. I like that. It's cute. That's cute. It's They've got cute. so many cute names. I know. Even like, tardigrade is kind of a cute name. It is. And they are sort of cute. Depends on like the um, photograph taken of them. Yeah. Some of the photographs are re- like the electron microscope uh, imaging of them. It's really cute. They just like look like chubby little like bear yeah. worms. Yeah, little things. water bears, yeah. They have a lot of legs and stuff, but they're sort of chubsy and stuff. And But some of it, like a close-up of their faces, is not good. Because yeah. their mouths look like little buttholes. Right. There's, so a, like, there's a butthole demon aspect yeah. to them. A toothy sure. butthole yeah. for a mouth. Um, so they're microscopic animals. Um, they are less than a millimeter big, and they can just barely be seen with the human eye. Um, so the tardigrade turns itself into a mummy. It dehydrates itself uh, and does like a self-embalming on its internal cells, organelles, and membranes. Because this is a tiny, but it is an animal. So yeah. it has little organelles. Yeah, it's still complex. And, uh-huh. Yeah. And it coats them in a special sugar gel called trihalose. And it is effective enough that labs have revived tardigrade samples up to 40 years after they have gone through oh, wow. the, this self-mummification process. Reportedly, I don't think this has been re- replicated in the lab, but like samples of dehydrated tardigrades were taken from 100-year-old museum moss and were successfully revived. Must be a real like Jumanji situation for these these little moss piglets. Yeah. They're like, what year is it? <laughs> I guess they're not socializing much with like modern moss piglets and all right. their iPads and their Twitters. <laughs> they're just all these old ass moss piglets on this moss. So maybe they're like the Amish to other moss piglets where it's like, you just suddenly have this whole society of antiquated tardigrades. So, Cody, hmm. it's time to go to Imagination Station. All okay. All aboard for a fun time. So, would you become a brain in a jar? We're kind of touching on this earlier with the whole, like, preserving yeah. the just the brain specifically. But just, like, just the brain. Not even your whole body. Just your brain. Mm. There's, like... This idea that, like, if you can preserve the brain, that's essentially what you are. Yeah. It's just, like, the brain. So, like, maybe you could be put in a robot body. Or, right. like, if you can keep it alive, you know, then, like, you can get put in the next Frankenstein. Right. There might be some sort of preservation of intelligence and consciousness right. that can be transferred. Right. If you can preserve it well enough. Yeah. I would consider it. I got to hold a human brain. Oh. <laughs> It was donated for learning. Oh, sure. I assume um, I, I assume that you got it through some sort of... Uh, legitimate channels, yeah, yes. Education. I have purposes. not done brain crimes. Yeah. I mean, those are some of the worst <laughs> kinds of crimes. That's, that's what someone innocent of brain crimes would say. It was weird. I didn't do any brain crimes. I didn't steal a brain. Come I on. I just held it in my hands. Come on. And felt powerful for once. <laughs> I held the entirety of a person mm-hmm. in my hands. I didn't like it. I believe you. When I held the rhesus monkey brain, it was a different. Yeah. <laughs> How lot... many brains have you held? I held in your a hands? lot of weird stuff. I've held deep sea anglerfish. Okay. Well, that's not as weird birds. as a brain. Mm-hmm. The like rhesus... a fish. I have. I've held a fish. Oh, great story, Katie. I've held, I've held dead birds and brains. Okay. Um. Yeah. I did. The rhesus monkey brain was less creepy. It was more like, wow, this is interesting. It was also smaller, and yeah. like, you know, you're like, oh, this is like an animal brain. Right. But like a human brain is like. Mm. That's got to feel very creepy. And I didn't like, like it. it. Yeah, it was, it was weird because it's like you're like, well, obviously this isn't the person now. 
Yeah. And it just feel it feels weird. It's like I don't like it was like sort of like firmish. I was gonna it was ask like, like what's yeah what's the texture what's the well it was preserved in formaldehyde for a long time so it's like different texture than brain actually is. Obviously, it's lost all the color because like a live brain is really colorful. It's like yeah. red and pink and purple veins and blue veins. Like it's pretty in a way, mm-hmm. I guess, if you ignore sure. all the context. Can, yeah. Um, but like a, human, a the human brain is beautiful. <laughs> So imagine that your brain is kept alive, but without your consent. Like, oh, so this is, I have not agreed to this. You have not agreed to okay. this. all right. And your brain is totally preserved and kept alive, and you are you can't do anything. Like, you can't, like, flagellate your brain stem yeah, around. Yeah. You can't communicate. You can't flick their hands away. And just how, even if you weren't used in experiments, which would probably be terrifying. Yeah, it's probably like why they have my brain, too. <laughs> but, like, even if you're just left alone, like, that would almost be worse because you have no connection to the outside world. You have no sensory information. Yeah. You can't feel your body. Maybe you have some, like, phantom limb going on because that does happen when you lose a limb. Right. You just wouldn't experience any external thing. And you'd yeah. just be kept in limbo. And... If you were being experimented on, maybe that would be something of a relief even because you'd be feeling something, although you'd have no sense of like why it's happening, when it's happening. And you wouldn't have, yeah, the ability to like perceive or react to anything or like have a sense of, yeah, even time. Right. Like you're completely at the mercy of what they decide to do with you. And I just hate that. Like I'm not breathing right now. I should breathe. Right. Like that sounds terrifying. Like, and what if you get an itch? (laughs) You get an itch right on your brain. (laughs) The brain doesn't have any nerves, so you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't. But but mm. yeah, they'd be like poking, prodding you and like sending currents through your brain. Because pain essentially like occurs in your head. Like you have nerves that are communicating to your brain and saying, ow, this hurts. And then your brain tells you, like, you feel hurt now. Right. Th- that is bad. You f- you shouldn't touch that fire. Stop it right, right. now. Which I do a lot. Like, <laughs> I'll touch a hot pan and, and I'm like, my brain is like, ah, we've been through this before. You <laughs> this know it's like bad. This was like one of the first lessons I tried to teach yeah, you. Yeah, this is like the first thing we went over and I told you it was bad and you keep doing it. How many years has it been? We'll just we we're yeah. just gonna take your brain out and put it in a vat because <laughs> otherwise. Um, but I just it really creeps me out. Yeah, I think uh, I would. Yeah, I would hate that because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't even thinking like, oh, I'd be like conscious. Right. I was like, oh yeah, put you know, put my brain in whatever, right. and like I'll just like exist. But like it would be you'd ex- exist. Yeah, and like how much of your conscious, like how much of it would be you, and like. Even if it's not entirely you, it's still an awareness, and it's, uh, I don't. Well, good news, Cody. Oh, this it's bad this seems news. like it's, it's bad, bad news. news. Yeah, I know. When yeah. I say good news, it's bad news. <laughs> I'm just trying to trying to sugarcoat it a little bit. But like at this point, do you need to? Like I, we've gotten this far. Yeah. Just just like rip I've, the bandaid off. We've it's broken fine. you down yeah, enough. <laughs> uh, so it is becoming more of a reality than it used to be because scientists have successfully kept alive the disembodied brains of pigs. Um, So it's not just like happening in the basement of, you know, that really quiet guy where Mm. he's like, he seemed like a nice guy and he's just really quiet and goes down to his basement with a bunch of pigs. Yeah, keeps to himself mostly. Yeah, no, this is a Yale neuroscientist, uh, Niad Sestan, 
the pig brains were retrieved from a slaughterhouse. So they didn't kill the pigs to get their brains. Yeah. They just like, like, you guys aren't using those brains, are you? Right. We'll Chuck take them over them. here. Um, <laughs> uh, and they are pumped with artificial blood called Brain X. Ugh. Come on. Could you try a little <laughs> harder to sound less like the evil company in a horror movie? Seriously. Like, we, we've invented Brain X. Cut to zombies everywhere. Right. Alpha formula. Brad Pitt <laughs> looking stern. Mm. Um, so... <laughs> They brought the pig brains back to life for up to 36 hours. And so the researchers reported that there was no evidence the brains had regained consciousness. But there's no test for consciousness. Like, there's no definitive... I mean, you can kind of do things like, you know, searching for electrical signals. And, yeah, there's and, imaging. But it's not foolproof because, like, uh, there was... This guy, uh, Martin Pistorius, who I think he may have gotten meningitis or, or terrible illness that affected his brain. And they said, oh, he's effectively a vegetable. He's not conscious. And he slowly regained his consciousness. So it was true. He had lost consciousness yeah. for a good, you know, he was in a vegetative state. But then he started to regain. And, but his body was paralyzed, so he's, like, locked into his body. Everyone thinks he's non-aware, yeah, like, and not, not conscious. And, yeah. And it took a long time. He was in that state for years. And then he finally had a nurse who was like, I don't buy that he's not in there. Like she felt like there was certain eye movements that he did certain like things in response to her. It's like really sad because often you'll think that's happening with someone, but it's sort of just your own interpretation. But in this case, he really was there he was and he's trying conscious. to communicate and he was trying to communicate and eventually he was able to find a way to communicate with the nurses and then they were able to develop tools for him and he's like gives talks now like he like uses one of those like i think it's eye movement to yeah. text things and it's just really creepy to me because like you could like have a brain and be like well it's not conscious it's not alive and then like what if it regains its consciousness eventually or like because you're presumably not constantly monitoring it for electrical activity like there could be brief moments or like right. minutes where it's, it's it just aware. flashes of consciousness mm -hmm. that sort of dips back in there but if you think this is only a problem for pigs hold on to your brain's butt cody i of course <laughs> did not think that that's where it ended the researchers say this technology could be adapted to human brains and are hopeful that it could be used to study diseases like alzheimer's which cannot be studied from dead brains mm. i have thoughts and feelings about this because yeah. like on the one hand, like, my grandma had um, dementia, and I, I know how awful that is. Yeah. And, of course, I want there to be research into Alzheimer's and dementia because it's just a devastating thing. But I also don't want a human brain to be tormented right. if we can't be sure it won't be. <laughs> yeah, what, like, what's the line there? And, like, what, what are you doing to the brain? And how right. is that? Because if, if it is a not a dead brain because you can't study dead brains right for this it then it's alive 
and right. then it's some form of consciousness. So you have, like you were describing that right. terror of being like just a brain right. that is alive and conscious and experiencing these tests in some sort of way, right. one would assume, because it's not brain dead. Yeah, I guess the counter argument would be like we can keep individual cells in the brain alive, but that doesn't mean the synapses are firing. That doesn't mean that what makes that consciousness is still there. Yeah. But I would feel a lot more comfortable if we had a better working definition of we're getting there. But it's just like I still don't know. And yeah, yeah. And even this guy who like slowly woke up over time, like you can't say for sure right. that the tests you're doing are not uh, right. not on a person that can sense these things. Right. Or... And I feel differently about this versus like say taking someone off life support because in that case it's like well you know the family's decision and hopefully you've talked about it with your family member and you're doing it according to their wishes and your wishes and i don't think you should it's like oh if there's a tiny chance they're alive you cannot like take them off life support or something i think that should be a very personal decision but it's different when you're like forcing someone to be alive yes that's almost more responsibility because you're potentially forcing them to exist in a situation that's horrifying. Yeah, it's arguably worse. Even if you consent to it while you're alive, you would never be able to like be like, hey, actually, this sucks. Stop it. Right. Yeah, there's there's no like clause of like, I changed my mind or like, right. this is, uh, I, I can't indicate that I don't. That's why like earlier when we we're talking about like, would you freeze your brain? Would you right. uh, want to even transfer your brain to like a robot or whatever? Which sort of leads to like the concept of like, just like you, you could be alive forever. Like your consciousness could continue forever if you want. Right. But having some sort of kill switch seems necessary for yes. that. Like, because yeah. the forever is the terrifying yeah. part. I would maybe want to try it if I had like a out, like nope. I'm out. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, a nope button. And then maybe like 20 years later, it flicks back on. You're like, still no? You know? Okay. All right. I'm just going to shut you down again. <laughs> there was a black mirror like that or something. Yeah. Where, yeah, consciousness was sort of kept in these little little hard drives. Didn't like that. Mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> that was uh, an uplifting one, though. It was one of the few, I think. I think it was one oh, of was the that few the black that... museum one? No. Uh, San Junipero? Oh, that one. Yeah, that was nice. It's a little nicer. Yeah. That was nice. No, I'm thinking of the one where you're trapped in a inanimate object and it's awful and I hated it. That was <laughs> the Black Museum, yeah. So there is a philosopher and neuroscientist named Antonio de Masio uh, who warns that the experience of a reanimated brain could be deeply disturbing, as we have sort mm-hmm. of surmised. Yeah. <laughs> um, that makes a lot of sense. And he, he says that without the feedback loop between the brain and spinal cord and signals from the body, a normal conscious experience may not be possible. So he's even going beyond just like the horror of being like kind of stuck in your brain. He's saying yeah. like there's like part of your brain is kind of in your spinal cord and in right. your nerves and your body, like a lot of the processing your consciousness isn't just a floating brain it's like feedback yeah and it's, it's in tandem with a lo- the rest of your body and right. it's an experience that equals consciousness as right. opposed to just yeah and like even if you're like visually impaired hearing impaired you can still have a happy consciousness yeah. or if, like say you're paralyzed you can still have a normal consciousness right like even if you're very impaired some of your sensory organs are impaired there's still some connection to the outside world 
like there's something there but without like a spinal cord without that kind of like feedback it's just yeah without those systems and the back and forth it would kind of probably make you go insane a little right. bit yeah i mean like the martin pistorius the guy who was like locked in his body for years and couldn't communicate he talked about how like he was very depressed for a long time like yeah. of course she would be like right my god but he just describes it as something very unpleasant. But for him, there's like a light at the end of the tunnel where like the promise of actually being able to communicate. Right. Because even that was he was connected to right. the world. Right. Anyways. Like it was just like, I can't really communicate. Right. But you still have things around you and people that you recognize right. and are trying to communicate, which is also terrifying. Like yeah. being locked in your body is terrifying. Yeah. But this is like being locked in like a yeah. diff- it's different. In yeah, a way that's very very disturbing. I get a uh, sleep paralysis, which is not a good time. It's not great. It's not great. It's like the, where you kind of wake up and you're getting sensory information, but you can't move. Yeah, I've had that like, through once in a while. You can kind of put good. that, uh, do that, uh, not like on purpose, but like. If, <laughs> Why would you? Uh, but like, <laughs> it's like a step for uh, for lucid dreaming. Oh yeah. Uh, where you can kind of put yourself in that mindset, like, mm-hmm. and it, all it does take is just lying on your back. Uh, a hand like arms by your side and just look up and mm-hmm. close your eyes and just stay still that um, sounds not fun it's Cody. not i've tried it a couple <laughs> times it's very not fun it's sort of in between sleep paralysis yeah. and uh dreamlike state yeah. where like your dream is that you're exactly where you are and That's like your no room fun. exists it's I wanna, not <laughs> i want to dream things like i can fly and yeah. punch people yeah i think it's a step towards that but uh that first yeah. step is very unpleasant yeah Maybe, like, if you were a brain in a jar, you could just do lucid dreaming to the max because you would have no external stimuli to wake you up from your wonderful dream where you can fly and punch people. That's true. Yeah, maybe it's just a really fun dream constantly (laughs) that you can never escape. (laughs) Before we go, there's one more tale of mad science, but this one leaves me a little more optimistic. UCLA has developed a biomaterial gel that is showing some promise in helping mice regrow their brains after a damaging stroke. The brain, though able to make continuous new neural connections throughout our lives, can't regenerate like other tissues. When it's damaged by stroke or injury, the afflicted areas can't regrow. Often recovery from stroke means that other unaffected parts of the brain are picking up the slack owing to the pretty adaptive nature of the brain. But in severe stroke, when damage affects key areas or is extensive, this may not be possible. That's why the news of this brain gel is so exciting. It's been shown to actually allow for the growth of neuronal connections in the scarred, damaged areas of the mice brains. But as intriguing as it is, it also raises a question. If you could regrow your brain after extensive damage, would you still be you, or would this new brain be a unique individual? I think we'll start finding some very strange but important answers to the nature of consciousness once science advances to the point of regrowing damaged brains. Well, so, Cody, you got anything else to plug? Sure. Watch uh, my show if you like it. Um, It's about the good news. Uh, It's called Some More News on YouTube. Uh, Oh podcast i mentioned even more news uh my patreon uh is a thing that we do uh it's just patreon.com slash cody johnston if you want to support us to make more often longer shows um that would be great 
and I don't know, my Twitter is Dr. Mr. Cody. It's D-R-M-I-S-T-E-R-C-O-D-Y, and I hate it, but it's not going to change. I like your rants. I know they're probably not good for you, but mm. we all benefit from them. That's what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy, to ha- happy to help in that capacity. <laughs> well, that's that's great. And I've, I've seen, of course, the uh, some more news and even more news, and they're both great. Highly okay. recommend. You guys go through stuff so we don't have to. Yeah, shaving years off our lives. <laughs> um, and you can follow me at Katie Golden on the Twitter or at Pro Bird Rights. Uh, and I would definitely suggest the latter because it's more fun being a bird than a human sometimes. It really is these yeah. days. Oh, and yeah, our Twitter is some more news on Twitter. We have, yeah. a, we have a Twitter account as well. That's good, yeah. yeah. Separate the... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the terror from the, the person. <laughs> the you gotta compartmentalize a little bit. That's the takeaway from this episode. Compartmentalize, shove it in there, lock it tight. Don't yeah. think about death. Ignore the stuff that bothers you. Yeah, do it. Good job, everybody. Yeah. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.